Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. On a mixtape just around the corner Did a lot in California Can't wait to drop this on you Yeah, they gon' have fun with that Smash like song in my Hello and welcome back to the podcast It is always up to speed with Formula One It is Sunday, July 23rd, 2023 Mark Daly here on a Sunday night Flying solo to wrap up the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix From the Hungaro Ring And yes, it's been a long time since I've done a show on my own But Hammy's got the the, the night off to spend some time with the family And uh, so here I am going to try and do what we do each and every week week each and every show and hopefully not to let the team down so bear with me like i say it's been a while since i've done this so yes one more race to go before the summer break next weekend in belgium but before we get there we had the annual stop in hungary at the hungaro ring and i've said for years and people who listen to the show should know that i'm not a fan of monaco it's my least favorite track and the hungaro ring when they designed it and built it it was based largely on Monaco. So it's probably my second least favorite uh, track because there isn't very many opportunities for for passing. There's not uh, too much uh, DRS and, you know... It we haven't seen. Sometimes we see some passing there. Sometimes we don't. But you know, funnily enough, when it comes to playing uh, the the official Formula One game on the PlayStation, and I know that that esports are completely different than driving a real Formula One car. But anyways, when it comes to gaming, the Hungaro Ring is my, one of my favorite tracks to play on. It's just insanely fun to play from a video game point of view. So I know I'm at odds with myself when uh, I come to try and reconcile real Formula One cars and racing the Hungaro Ring and the video game version of that. But, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Anyways, yes, yeah, so there's quite a bit to, to talk about in this one. One of the uh, the stats that came up, I think, that uh, is going to be talked about uh, quite a bit was the distinct lack of passing at the uh, the Hungaro Ring this uh, year. And I did have a stat here pulled up. Uh, and, you know, bear with me because Hammy's usually the guy that, uh, that does all, you know, the show outline and everything like this so i'm a little bit disorganized because i'm not quite uh, as good as him as doing these things anyways i did manage to dig this one up looking uh, over the stats so at the hungarian grand prix this year we saw only 16 overtakes it's the lowest of the 2023 formula one world championship by far we had uh, 16 like i say 15 of those were shown during the race the only one that wasn't shown was danny ricardo on k mag uh and that was on lap 40 for p14 last year's race had 61 overtakes 2021 had 17 2020 had 44 and the average for the hungarian ring in the turbo hybrid era since 2014 is a 30 
31. So there you go. And if you, you break it down a little bit more, George Russell had the most uh, overtakes uh, with five and Sergio Perez had four. And uh, K-Mag was the driver that was overtaken most during this race, and he was passed four times. So anyways, just wanted to throw that one out there. So let's just uh, run down the, the, the final race classification for this one before we dive into some of the news and some of the quotes and what the drivers had to say after this one was all said and done. Anyways, we had Max Verstappen winning yet again. Lando Norris for McLaren coming home P2, his second consecutive podium for McLaren, which was great to see. Sergio Perez back on form and uh, finished P3, his first podium, and ending a dry spell of several races, a very, a very difficult time for the Mexican driver. They had Lewis Hamilton, P4, Oscar Piastri, P5, and the second McLaren. George Russell, despite being knocked out in Q1, came home P6 within the second Mercedes. They had Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz coming home P7 and 8 and for, for Ferrari. Fernando Alonso and then Lance Stroll and the two Aston Martins rounding out the final two cars in the top 10. So that means in the driver's standings in the World Championship, we have Max Verstappen still leading the way by a country mile. The The Dutchman now has 281 points, which is 110 points more than his Red Bull teammate Sergio Perez, who has 171. Fernando Alonso still hanging in there in third uh, place in the World Championship with 139 points, a mere six points ahead of Lewis Hamilton, who now has 133. And then George Russell has now moved up into fifth in the, the, the Drivers' Championship with 90 points. Over on the constructor side, we have Red Bull obviously still leading the way with 452 points. Mercedes second with 223. Aston Martin is starting to fall behind now. Uh, they have 184 points. Ferrari have 167. And the McLaren now with 87 points in the Constructors' Championship. So what with uh, Max winning today, that uh, sets a, a new record. So that is his 12th or sorry, this is Red Bull's 12th consecutive win uh, going back to the season finale in 2022 at Yas Marina in Abu Dhabi. And this was the 11th straight win in the 2023 season. And so this, uh, well, combined the uh, this uh, run of 12 races broke the record of 11 straight wins that, that were set by Ayrton Senna and Alan Prost, who were driving for McLaren way back in 1988. And I remember as a kid watching that uh, championship uh, way back in the day, uh, in the day with my dad, my brother, and the question we we had was where well, wasn't really a question. It was just sort of thinking out loud most of the time. I was like, these guys are going to win basically every race this season. And I think that uh, we're having the same uh, conversation right now with, uh, with, with Red Bull because uh, you know, the, the Hungaro ring is one of those uh, tracks that uh, if the right car, well, depending on uh, who you define the right car as, gets out in front and uh, they can stay there. And um, because of the lack of um, opportunities to, to overtake. And I think that's why there was a lot of excitement on Saturday when we saw Lewis Hamilton sneak the pole away from uh, Max Verstappen. And we're hoping to see maybe that uh, that rivalry reignited uh, between Lewis and Max. But um, sadly, <laughs> Lewis's advantage did not last, not even till the, till the, the, the first quarter going into T1. And by the time the end of the, the first lap was over, Lewis had slipped all the way from the first all the way down to fourth, behind Max, behind Lando, or sorry, behind Oscar, behind last uh, Lando Norris, and slid down into fourth position. Anyways, we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, you know, despite some of the... Uh, 
you know, the, the lack of action on the track. And first of all, congratulations to Red Bull, Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez. That is a fantastic uh, achievement. I mean, it is really incredible how things have turned around uh, because, I mean, we sat here for years and years and years wondering when Mercedes' reign of dominance would come to an end. And, uh, well, I mean, obviously, since uh, the end of the 2021 season, which it uh, was uh, pretty back and forth between Lewis and Max and Red Bull and uh, Mercedes, that it's been all Red Bull ever since. And it's uh, incredible just the way that they've uh, dominated, but not even when, um, when Mercedes were at their peak in the last decade, did they, were, were they able to achieve something incredible like this? So it is obviously very rare and uh, it's only been done once uh, before, but that is a very, very impressive uh, what they've done. So it's, um, you know, congratulations to Red Bull and to Max Verstappen and everybody there for the, uh, the, the job that they've done. Anyways, a little bit on a light, hearted note um <laughs> well i guess it's all in context uh, if uh, for those of you that stuck around after the race was over watch the podium celebrations lando norris has made some headlines for his uh, trademark bottle smash uh, celebration where he takes his uh you know the, the bottle that magnum of champagne and whacks it on something to dislodge the cork so he did that on max verstappen's trophy which you know when you think about it was lando that wasn't really the the, the best choice of things to do because these uh, trophies that were handed out to, to the, uh, the the podium um, placed cars and for the the constructors were these bespoke gorgeous porcelain trophies that uh, you know take upwards to of six months each to make uh, and they each come with a price tag of thirty four thousand pounds give or take which is about forty thousand euros or just under forty four thousand dollars US so these things are pretty darn expensive <laughs> anyways. Lando did a, a smash on it. The thing toppled off the podium, smashed into a million pieces. And um, I've got a couple of uh, clips here that uh, after the race. And uh, let's hear what uh, what Lando had to say as well. George Russell weighing in on this one as well. You, you've done something. What have I done? What did you do with the trophy? The most oh, important yeah, part? Look, that's Max's. Mine's, mine's in perfect but shape. What happened Max's. to his trophy? Oh, I don't care. What happened to it? Everyone broken. needs to know. And who broke it? I did. How did you break it? Happily. <laughs> that is terrible. He broke his trophy on purpose. Yeah, yeah. That is terrible. You, you just purpose. wanted to be first that badly. I do, yeah. I was annoyed I was P2. Um, no, I just, uh, that's my celebration to, to hit the bottle. Max put his trophy in the wrong place. It's Max's fault then, it's isn't Max's it? It's Max's fault. There you go. According to Lando, I think it's a little bit uh, tongue in cheek saying that it was Max's fault. But here's George Russell, who was also on Sky Sports, had the following to say. The big talking point is, did he intend to do what he did to that trophy or was it by accident? Have you seen the footage? No. Okay, what this happened? is amazing. If you look at here, this is the podium. Lando goes for his classic bottle smash. Look at the trophy in center of frame. He's eyeing it up. Does he mean to? Bosh on the what? trophy. I know. You are kidding me. Uh, what happened? That's surely got to be like a 10 second penalty. <laughs> <laughs> that is awful. What is he thinking? We uh, we had a look at it. Yeah, so a little bit of a lighthearted comments about there, but uh, Max himself had to to, to weigh in afterwards, and uh, Max said, uh, or first of all, uh, Lando said, "quote Yeah, just hold it. I guess it fell over. Uh, not really uh, my fault. Uh, not my problem. It's his." Uh, anyways, uh, Max had to to say, "You said it was my fault. I give you a red card. I will go to Zach Brown because he has got, got some spare money for the personnel and the team, so he can spend it on a trophy." Uh, anyways, a, a little bit of 
uh, a lighthearted moment uh, <laughs> that the race this afternoon, like I said, uh, I guess that uh, is all dependent. Uh, I, I'm, I'm sure the people that created those uh, wonderful and beautiful bespoke trophies are probably not laughing quite as hard as some uh, other people uh, have or are this uh, the, the, this evening. Um, anyways, uh, just uh, moving on and, and talking about uh, some of the things that uh, that were said after the the, the race. Total Wolf believes that uh, or feels that uh, that Verstappen makes uh, and Red Bull make uh, the, the rest of their F1 rivals look like a field of Formula 2 cars. And he's just uh, talking uh, or you know speaking about the pace that uh, Max had at the Hungarian Grand Prix. And it's uh, really is uh, quite incredible. Anyways, uh, Total Wolf told uh, Sky Sports, quote, it is a meritocracy. We are going to fight back and win races and championships. But today you've seen the pace that Max had and you saw it already on the long runs on Friday. That is where they are. It is like a field of Formula 2 cars against a Formula 1 car. They've done the best job within the regulations. They've done the best job, end quote. Yeah, I, I mean, there's not really too much uh, to say. I mean, when, when you take a look that um, by the time it was all said and done, that uh, that Max was over 30 seconds ahead of Lando Norris in the much improved uh, McLaren. We're going to talk about McLaren in a few um, uh, moments here, but um it uh, it really is astonishing. And, and what else can can we say about Max Verstappen and Red Bull at this uh, at this at this point in the season? I feel that uh, especially you know year two into this dominant reign of Red Bull, it almost seems a little bit um, like we're well we're obviously repeating ourselves because Max is just uh, driving at an incredibly high level. He's not making any mistakes. The car's not letting him down. The, the the calls that they're making on the pit wall and the strategy that they have going into the races just uh, really are you know they're, they're on point all the way around, and it really is uh, quite uh, quite amazing uh, what the, they're they're doing. Anyways, uh, just talking a little bit now about uh, Christian Horner, and he's uh, talking specifically about uh, Sergio Perez. Um, the, the team principal at Red Bull had to say about uh, Checo today, uh, quote, his recovery, his overtake, he was brave, his uh, pace was fast, the way he made the places, passing cars, passing Fernando Alonso and passing Oscar Piastri. The strategy that he had, he was on fire today. A race like that only gives you a huge amount of confidence. I think his overtaking, the bravery that he showed for me was really a statement to uh, drive today to say, look, don't write me off, end quote. And uh, certainly, I think that uh, is a... Uh, <clears throat> Excuse me, a very, very important point uh, to make because uh, we, we've talked to Mark and I at length about the problems that uh, Sergio Perez has had uh, over the past uh, several races. He's really been uh, mired in a, a bit of a deep, uh, you know, hole over the past uh, two, three months, whatever it's, uh, it's been. You know, struggled in qualifying, struggled in the races, but uh, finally was able to to get it all together here. Even though that uh, when you take a look at uh, qualifying, I mean, he didn't you know qualify especially as strong or as, as strong that uh, he would have liked to but uh, still i mean uh, sergio has uh, you know done well to get back onto the podium and is obviously uh, you know winning a couple of races along the way a, a very key person into this uh, this whole record that they have of winning 12 races in a row um anyways uh, christian horner went on to say quote as a young kid i remember watching the mclarens of alan prost and senna achieving that incredible feat to think that we've now bettered that they were 
were an incredible team. Ron Dennis was an incredible principal. And to think that we've now bettered that is something the whole team here in Budapest and Milton Keynes and everybody behind the scenes has worked so hard for and will mean so, so much, end quote. Yeah, I mean, I, I really can't uh, put that into context. I, you know, I, I can appreciate that uh, it's, it's a momentous, you know, milestone and uh, that, that they've worked obviously very hard uh, to that. But, um, you know, w- w- when you rewrite the, the, the record books, <laughs> it really is uh, incredible to do that. And, uh, you know, it, um, I, I go back and think about that, um, you know, that 1988 season and, and, and I don't want to get to, too far off of, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the tangent here, but I mean, those, those McLarens of Prost and Senna just really were, 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 were dominant and I guess uh, sort of forgotten how, how good they were back in, in the day. And to see now that, uh, that Red Bull are doing the same thing and bettering them. And, and who's to say that, that this run is going to come to an end uh, anytime soon? I mean, like we've said uh, before that, uh, you know, Mark and I, you know, we, we've, we've speculated if there's going to be a race that, uh, that this run might come to an end or somebody might have a chance to, to, to beat the Red Bulls, that, that uh, Hungary might be one of them. Obviously, it hasn't worked out that way, but next week we're going to Spa and that's a power circuit. And then we've got some more power circuits after the, 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 the summer break. But we have seen the other teams closing the gap, right? We have seen... Red Bull, sorry, uh, Red Bull is obviously still out front, but we saw earlier in the season that was Red Bull, and then was Aston Martin making all the, all the uh, you know the headlines, and Fernando had uh, such a you know great start to the season with all those uh, podiums that he was able to rack up. But I mentioned it uh, just a few minutes ago in the you know going over the constructor standings, how that uh, Mercedes has able been able to leapfrog ahead of them. So you've seen over the past uh, several races where. The, the other teams have been able to close the gap to Red Bull. And if you look uh, specifically at McLaren, you look at uh, Mercedes, uh, Ferrari are still kind of uh, mired where they are, maybe marginally improved. Maybe they're, they're now more on a little bit of a, you know, level playing field now with the, with, with the Aston Martins, but the Aston Martins who were so far ahead of everyone else, uh, you know, earlier in the season seem to have uh, had the tables turned on them and now find themselves behind the Mercedes, behind the McLarens, behind the Ferraris or, you know, marginally behind the, 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 the Ferraris, and that's certainly uh, you know, reflected in the uh, in the constructors' uh, championship uh, as well. But uh, like I say, I mean, the other teams have been able to close the gap uh, with, with Red Bull, but they're still not on a par with Red Bull. And uh, if you look at the rest of the tracks on the schedule, I mean, unless something you know incredible happens, who, who's to say that uh, that this run isn't going to continue until the end of the year? And I mean, we all kind of hope that uh, somebody will, because I mean, records sure they're made to be broken. And like I've said a couple times, congratulations to Red Bull. But at some point, uh, somebody's going to have to, uh, to 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 break that streak. And you know, in, in the interest uh, of Formula One. And the, the the world championship, uh, you know, personally, I kind of hope it comes sooner rather than later because we we've been sitting here for months now, almost thinking that the um, that the, uh, the 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 world championship is uh, well, I mean, it's all been basically sewn up uh, by Max. I mean, we've kind of been uh, saying that for a long, long time now because there isn't really anyone out there that can really challenge uh, him. I mean, even Sergio Perez, his teammate, you know, has come close, but uh, you know, he's won a couple of races, but uh, on a consistent basis really isn't able to uh, you know challenge his teammate but that doesn't uh, you know th- that still doesn't change things I mean it's still very much like Lewis and Nico back and, and Valtteri and uh, you know the, the the peak Mercedes days where they were winning a lot of races but um, yeah to think that uh, that Red Bull could uh, c- you know, continue this um, you know this uh, the this streak going towards uh, you know as as we go further and deeper into the season 
yeah, of course it's uh, you know phenomenal. It's uh, it's impressive, but uh, ultimately, I, I think in the long run, it's it's not great for the fans, right? Uh, you know, for everyone that isn't a Red Bull fan, because it becomes a, a little bit of a foregone conclusion. So that's why I found myself a little bit at odds, cheering for Lewis and getting excited that uh, he'd taken pole position after Lewis said uh, Mercedes had dominated Formula One for the better part of a decade. So I, I definitely saw the uh, the irony there. Anyways, I think this is a very good time just to, to take now a very quick uh, break to hear a message uh, from our sponsors. Uh, when we come back on the flip side, I'm going to talk a little bit about McLaren. I'm going to talk about Danny Ricardo and Alpha Tower. We'll talk about um, uh, Ferrari as well. So don't go away. We'll be back in just a moment. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, welcome back to the show. Mark Daly here flying solo to break down the 2023 Hungarian Grand Prix. Before we go a little bit uh, further, just want to give a shout out to, to Magnus and the crew at the Race Weekend Magazine. And if you want to get in on board uh, with, with them, which is a phenomenal uh, publication, which uh, Mark and I absolutely love and endorse, you can do so by heading over to theraceweekend.com. And that is R-A-C, say R-A-C. EWKND.com. Enter in our promo code ScuderiaPod at checkout and save 10%. And also head on over to RacingExclusives.com. Tease and the crew have uh, provided us uh, with a one half scale autograph to Max Verstappen uh, helmet uh, to give away to the winner of our fantasy league at uh, at the end of the year. And see, I, I, I apologize. I've just uh, realized now that I've you know, given a shout out to Tease at RacingExclusives.com and uh, the prize that we have for our, <laughs> our fantasy league. And I don't have the fantasy it's uh, pulled up in front of me so uh, Mark and I will definitely do an, an update uh, later in the week because I'm afraid that if I try and do it in the middle of a recording session that very very slow 
Formula One website is just going to uh, just going to cause problems. Anyways, let's uh, move along. So, talking a little bit now about uh, McLaren, and we saw uh, on Saturday a very very impressive um, qualifying performance by the two uh, McLarens, uh, both uh, Lando Norris and uh, Oscar Piastri, lining up on row two. It was uh, you know a phenomenal performance by then. And uh, if you take a look at uh, what we saw in qualifying. That you had Lewis Hamilton, uh, you know, pipping Max Verstappen by just the, the the smallest of margins. I think it was like three or four thousandths of a second. Lando was uh, pretty close, uh, only a couple hundredths uh, behind Max. His teammate Oscar Piastri, you know, set a very very good time. I mean, if you look at Lewis's uh, Q3 time, it was a one sixteen point six oh nine. Max was a one sixteen six twelve. Lando's was a one sixteen point six nine four. And then uh, Oscar Piastri's time was 116.905. So everybody. And then you look at uh, Joe Guan Yu, who uh, set uh, the fifth fastest time in Q3 is 116.971. So we saw some very, very, very quick times. But again, uh, we, we've seen uh, McLaren really improve over the past, uh, or they, they've continued this trend of improving that we've seen over the past uh, you know, several Grand Prix now. And uh, you know, great to see them up there as well. But there was at uh, one point a little bit of a contrast because um, and I missed a little bit at the, the the beginning because there was a lot happening at the start of that race. I was uh, busy watching uh, Max and Lewis going into turn one, and I saw a bunch of grass and dirt and dust get thrown up in the air as Pierre Gasly dipped a, a tire onto off the edge of the uh, the, uh, the 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 track. Then we saw the entire field go around uh, into T one into T two. Then we saw cars flying all over the place, and uh, in all that mayhem and uh, confusion that was going on. Somewhere, not only did Lewis lose uh, a number of places, but uh, you know Oscar Piastri managed to get in front of uh, Lando Norris. So, anyways, going into the pit stops, um, Lewis, or pardon me, not Lewis, but uh, Lando was given the the, the benefit of uh, having the first uh, pit stop at uh, McLaren, and I, I thought it was interesting too because uh, you know they're talking about it on the the the, the uh, Sky Sports uh, feed, and Martin Brundle said something. Well, you know, Mark Weber, who is um, uh, Oscar Piastri's manager isn't going to be very happy about that, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I thought that was a bit of a funny uh, like comment. And, and sure, the manager that uh, is not going to be happy for his, his, his talent, but you know, does that, uh, is that really going to be the first person that, uh, that you think about when uh, you're know, uh, deciding to uh, who you're going to call into the uh, call into the pits? Um, anyways, uh, Andrea Stella, who's the team principal of McLaren at the, uh, the, the following is a quote, in terms of the undercut that we had at the first stop, you just go really with the sequence that is now natural because uh, you cover with the car that is more at risk and then you cover with the other car. Lando's outlap was just super, super quit, which meant Oscar lost the position. To be honest, our approach uh, to these situations is to think about the team first. We think as a team and then we deal with the internal situation. Um, then going a little bit uh, further, Stella also had to say, I think that, quote, I think that when you're fighting against other competitors outside your team, you need to be very careful about that, that you don't engage in internal battle that will cost the team. I think I mentioned already that if we see last year's race, maybe that's what happened with the red car and it was very expensive. So we want to stay away from that. So anyways, 
Pardon me. Uh, so Stella was talking about uh, last week, or sorry, the Ferrari's uh, strategy uh, error last year at the Hungarian Grand Prix when they put uh, Charles Leclerc in slower hard tires because uh, he was uh, felt like he was a threat by uh, Verstappen. And then, um, you know, he was just uh, saying that that was a perfect example about how teams need to be, you know, more mindful of the the, the, the bigger factors going on. And the way that it happened, too, was uh, that, that Lando came out of the pits and then got back onto the track just in front of his teammate i mean the margin that uh, that he got was uh, very very small but uh, you know i, I could uh, completely understand why my piastri was uh w- w- would have been upset uh, that uh, you know his teammate um you know <laughs> went in you know the, the way that the pit stops worked uh what was not in his favor but at, at the end of the day i mean Piastri maybe feels like um, you know he was uh, didn't get the result that maybe he'd earned, but still, I mean, we, we've seen over the past couple of races just how good uh, Oscar Piastri is, and uh, certainly uh, when, when you look at uh, what, what both himself and uh, Lando are doing, I think is uh, really impressive. You know, Lando, of course, P two today, and Oscar Piastri finishing in the top five, which uh, I think is uh, you know very very good, and that's ten points. To, to to his uh, you know to his credit as well, and then if you go back uh, just to, you know uh, to uh, the British Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago, you, again you had Lando P two, and then you had Oscar Piastri who was uh, P four that uh, that that race. So you know over the past two races, Piastri's uh, you know bagged uh, twenty two points for himself. So I think that uh, he should be uh, very pleased with uh, what he's doing. I'm not saying he should be satisfied. Obviously, this uh, driver is uh, you know definitely uh, capable of uh, doing some good things in formula one so we'll have to uh to, to keep a very very close eye on um what uh what, what oscar piastri and also lando norris who that we we've talked about for a long time you know just uh, seems that uh that that he's a you know just a grand prix winner in, in waiting given the right uh, m- machinery uh to do so so very very good uh, for them so let's uh move now on to uh mercedes and um again lewis hamilton great great qualifying on saturday putting it on the front row putting it um you know <laughs> doing all sorts of uh, good things and then just not getting off to a good start on on sunday but uh, you know, you know, quite a different uh, to what his uh, teammate George Russell did. George uh, did not uh, make it out of uh, Q1, started P18, but uh, certainly by the end of the race, climbed his way all the way up uh, to P6. Is certainly very, very impressive. Anyways, uh, let's uh, hear what uh, Lewis had to say. And uh, again, this is uh, from Sky Sports uh, uh, on Twitter. The initial, the getaway wasn't the worst of I've ever had, but it obviously wasn't as good as Max's. Um, I had a bit of wheel spin, and uh, then obviously Max was on the inside, and I got he ran me wide, and I got uh, done by the two McLarens. So uh, definitely not a great start, kind of rem- reminiscent of like 2015 when I fell back from first. But um, and then after that, I just didn't have the pace to keep up with the guys. The balance of the car was was pretty awful um, on that first stint. A lot of understeer to snap over steer through corner balance, and I just couldn't keep up with them. So then. Bit by bit, as we got through the stint, uh, through the next couple of stints, we started the car start, started to become more drivable. Drivable, but um, and then the last stint obviously was much better. If we had last the stint, the, the pace we had at the end, we would have been a little bit better, I think, through the through the day. But um, but I'm going to take the positives from yesterday. Amazing effort from the team to get uh, to where we were and to, to beat everybody uh, uh, in qualifying was really spectacular for us and obviously shows that 
whilst we don't have the best car, it was an incredible lap. Um, and we have a lot of work to do. To, it's like we're, we're a long way away off beating the Red Bull in a race. And obviously now we're behind the, uh, the McLarens, but um, we just got to keep pushing. All right, that was uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, speaking with Sky Sports F1 after the, uh, the the Hungarian Grand Prix earlier today. And interesting the way that uh, that, that Lewis is talking, a little bit at odds um, to a certain extent uh, with uh, with what Toto Wolff was saying. Toto didn't say that uh, they had the greatest car. He did uh, feel that they had the second quickest car, so that's uh, slightly different. But, I mean, Lewis being very, very cautious, you know, saying that, you know, they're, they're obviously, you know, quite a ways off uh, from, from where Red Bull are, and now they're behind the McLarens as well. So, I I mean, it must be a little bit uh, frustrating for Lewis thinking that, hey, you know, I'm, I'm at Mercedes. This is a team that's been at the top of Formula One for such a long time. And uh, we, we've struggled with our car now for, for, for quite some time. And you look at McLaren, who started the year and did not start 2023 all that great and struggled through, you know, a number of races. And then they come to the point in the season where they're able to put some meaningful updates and upgrades on their cars. And lo and behold, uh, they, their, their season is completely turned around over the past uh, couple of races and I think uh, after the Spanish Grand Prix Mark and I were we, we were talking well it seems like the, that the, the Mercedes comeback is for real I'm hoping <laughs> I have a distinctive you know memory that uh, we, we said okay it's a very small sample because it is only one race and uh, so I'm, I'm hoping I'm corrected uh, your my memory is but uh, it, it seems now that was uh, perhaps a little bit of a, a false positive so you can see why Lewis would be be frustrated knowing that you know that they have made some some improvements but the, the improvements haven't been you know good enough because you know e- even though they've improved to where they were earlier in the season they're not uh, they, they haven't improved uh, compared to or you know they haven't improved as much as other teams and and obviously if you look at uh, McLaren and Mercedes size by side by side Mercedes is the team that is just better outfitted better uh, funding better everything than McLaren that have had some financial struggles uh, over the years but uh, you know good for 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 McLaren for being where where, where they're at but i mean it's just um I guess when you get to that point where things just uh, aren't really going the way that uh, that you're hoping or expecting, and that uh, you know things just aren't developing as quickly as you were you were hoping them to, that uh, certainly you're going to feel uh, frustrated uh, about that. But you know, Lewis, uh, you know, did uh, mention that uh, you know the, the car certainly grew into that race. That last stint, you know, was uh, was really quite uh, interesting, and I couldn't help but thinking that uh, you know, despite uh, you know finishing, I think it was about a second and a half to almost two seconds behind. Sergio Perez by the time it was all said and done at the end of the race had that race gone five laps longer could have Lewis Hamilton caught and potentially passed uh, Sergio Perez to get back onto the podium because you know Lewis uh, he never recovered from that uh, that deficit uh, as I mentioned earlier in the pod started on pole ended up uh, in, 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 in fourth position by the end of the first lap and that's where he stayed for the rest of the race but he really was pulling big chunks of time out of Sergio Perez in that last uh, number of laps and when it got under to you know under two seconds to about a second and a half it was uh, you know the last uh, two laps we were looking at lap 69 lap 70 and you just kind of knew it's like he's going to be close but it's not going to be quite close enough to make a dive and try and uh, you know sneak onto the podium at the expense of uh, Sergio Perez so if you're Lewis uh, and uh, Mercedes obviously you're, you're going to feel frustrated about that uh, but still that's uh, that, that that's racing 
Okay, let's uh, move along to the next uh, story. So let's talk a little bit now about uh, Charles Leclerc and uh, and Ferrari. So um, Charles was saying that uh, radio issues uh, that were making things difficult, uh, you know, for him during the race prompted uh, you know, what he's calling an urgent tone in his voice uh, when he was uh, talking to his uh, engineer on the pit wall uh, during the, the, the race. Anyways, uh, Charles said to say, quote, the problem is that we have had lots of problems with the radio and uh, one out of uh, four words is not understood by my engineer because there's just problems with our radios in three, four races. So we need to fix that. And obviously my tone of uh, voice is quite high because I need to hit, make myself heard, but I just wanted to make sure that they didn't understand me wrong and that uh, I want you to go aggressively early and not aggressive late. So it was just about clarifying because of our radio issues. It's difficult. Some races we didn't do exactly what I wanted to, to do, but Today we did, and the slow stop just obviously put us uh, a bit on the back foot. Um, and then he goes on to kind of you know kind of continue. I mean, the pit stop was quite slow, and we had a five second penalty for speeding in the pit lane. So yeah, it's uh, again a weekend that is difficult. Honestly, it is frustrating overall because I felt with the pace we had today, even as a driver, when you're feeling like you're doing a good job with the car you have, nobody really notices. And whenever you have been doing a good uh, a bad job, everybody notices it. So it's difficult, but at the end, it's part of the game. And it's just up to us now to do a step forward as McLaren did. Now we're on the back foot and it's been confirmed since the last three weekends. So there's a lot of work to do again. Honestly, today I feel like the result is much worse than what it felt like. The first stint felt pretty good. Then with the slow stop, it really put us on the back uh, foot being behind Lance Stroll. I had to push a lot and then we were there with Carlos Sainz and we lost a bit of time there. And then in the third stint, I pushed again and there again, the car felt uh, quite okay. So yeah, I feel like the result looks worse than it actually is, but it's clear that compared to Lando Norris, we are especially we are still behind. End quote. So yeah, I think that's a, that that's a fair comment. I mean, if you look at the you know the final race qualifier classification, you have uh, Charles and Carlos that are in P seven and P eight. You know, obviously behind the, the 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 two McLarens, obviously behind the two Mercedes, and just a, a little bit in front of the two uh, the, the 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 two Aston Martins. <clears throat> so like I say, I mean the the, the order of things have kind of switched around over the last uh, couple of uh, races and Ferrari's uh, gains, even though they might, uh, you know, be marginal have uh, put them in front of the Aston Martins and, uh, you know they they haven't quite made the gains that uh, the Mercedes have had or have done, and certainly they haven't made as many have, uh, or gains that uh, that the McLarens have. But still, there there always seems to be something that uh, seems a little bit uh, you know to frustrate when it comes to um, you know to 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 uh, Ferrari, right? So, um, anyways, <laughs> other than that, the uh, when Charles was given the five second uh, penalty for speeding to the pit lane, it just uh, kind of seemed it was like one of those things like oh boy when it goes from bad it goes to worse and certainly that uh that uh seemed i would say appropriate but seemed well in keeping with the situation the season that uh, charles leclerc and ferrari have uh, been uh, having anyways i want to move on now and talk about uh, danny ricardo and uh an alpha tauri so Danny Ricardo back into a, a Formula One car this weekend uh, for the first time since the, the end of 2022 when he was a McLaren driver, then uh, being uh, you know brought back to Red Bull as a reserve driver and doing lots of sim work, etc. 
was uh, you know promoted back into a, a race seat uh, only just over a week ago at the expense of uh, Nick's, uh, Nick DeFries, who uh, had not really impressed enough over the first uh, 10 races of the season at Alpha Tauri and the Dutchman losing his seat uh, to the you know the 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 honey badger himself so Danny Ricardo back into the car and you know it, it was interesting right because uh didn't really expect a lot of from from Danny Ricardo I mean it's it's one thing to be a reserve driver it's one thing to be a simulator driver it's another you know it's, it's still one thing to be out there and doing your fitness uh, all the time and keeping in shape uh, I mean Danny Ricardo still looks as uh, in good a shape as he did uh, this time at the end of last season and I mean it's you know it's only six eight months ago or whatever it is but uh, I mean he hasn't had that time in a Formula One car but having said that, Danny Ricardo makes it out of Q1, makes it into Q2. His teammate Yuki Sonoda did not make it out of Q9, only qualified in 17th. Danny Ricardo, um, you know, he makes it up and into Q2, qualifies uh, P13. At the end of the race, uh, we have uh, Ricardo. He's uh, finished in, uh, in, uh, in in P13. You know, more importantly, he's uh, finished two points ahead, or sorry, two places ahead of his uh, teammate uh, Yuki Sonoda. But uh, you look uh, who he finished uh, behind. He was uh, behind uh, Valtteri Bottas. I mean, the the Alphas had some pretty good uh, pace uh, this uh, weekend. Uh, unfortunately, they just uh, couldn't deliver in the uh, in uh, in the race itself. And behind uh, Alex Albon, who's uh, been uh, pretty good on form in uh, for for the Williams over the past couple of races. So I wouldn't say that uh, that is the worst uh, result. I mean, uh, obviously he was given a little bit of a boost by the double DNF of the two uh, uh, Alpines who crashed out on lap one and uh ended their their race uh, pretty quickly but still i don't want to take away anything from from denny ricardo i think that uh, being called back in to finish uh, the second half or not even the second half uh you know to, to, to finish the formula one uh season the, in the way that he has uh, done i think that this is a good uh, good start for ricardo anyways uh, let's hear what uh, uh what denny ricardo had to say to sky sports f1 after the race Hello. Daniel, that looked like you skipped into the pen there. Would that be fair? Yeah, I um, just, uh, I feel like I still have a bit of energy. So I was, um, yeah, certainly a little bit, I don't want to say worried, but let's say a less, a word less than worried. I don't know what that is. Trepidatious, apprehensive, trepidatious. Trepidatious about, um, I mean, this race is always one of the most physical period, um, let alone not doing this for eight months and getting right into a race stint. So I was, uh, I thought probably after 30 laps or something, I was going to be <laughs> singing, uh, singing pretty loudly for, uh, for a breath of fresh air or something, but, um, I actually felt really good in the car and physically, uh, yeah, felt good at the end of the race. So that was, that was a positive. I think the race pace was good. We were just, I guess, uh, a bit unlucky at the start, getting, getting some, some help from behind and putting us at the back. So obviously when we're a team that's you know, really having everything to go well to get points. I knew from then it was it was pretty much impossible to get back into the top 10. But um, I was just glad that the car was not damaged and I could continue and learn about it. You know, I think being out on lap one was the worst possible outcome and we needed laps and in the end, I'm happy with the, the race I did. Yeah, so interesting that uh, Danny Ricardo, um, you know, was, uh, you know, pretty forthcoming. <clears throat> 
in, in saying that uh, he, he didn't feel like he would have the the, the conditioning or the um, you know the the strength to go the entire race, or he, he was going to feel pretty spent, uh, you know, you know, a third or halfway into this race. Uh, so so good for him. But uh, the one thing that wasn't uh, captured in that uh, that that clip uh, with Sky Sports is uh, that uh, he real feels uh, or felt that. Uh, when he was hit at the the, the beginning of uh, the race, there going into turn one on the first lap, that um, that kind of compromised his race to a, a certain extent, and feels like uh, perhaps he could have uh, been on for some points uh, at the end of the uh, the, the, the race. Um, anyways, uh, he said, uh, "quote uh, If we had stayed ahead and held position at the start, I believe we could have really fought for points uh, a points finish uh, today." Uh, I had a look at the end. There was a little bit of damage on the back of the diffuser, but the team said it was uh, pretty much okay. I would love to say that I could have gone a second quicker, but I think the car was more or less fine. End quote. So it was uh, certainly a- interesting to see uh, what uh, Danny Ricardo does for the remainder of the season. He's got another race uh, next weekend at uh, Spa, but certainly I didn't think that Danny Ricardo had uh, looked uh, out of place. Of course, uh, the the amount of time that he's been out of Formula One has been somewhat uh, minimal. But any time that uh, you're you're not there to take advantage of uh, winter testing and uh, obviously all the practice sessions uh, before races, qualifying, etc. But the the, you know, the 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 one important uh, metric I think we can focus on this uh, this this weekend is where did he finish uh, in relation to his uh, teammate uh, Yuki Sonoda, and uh, we can say that uh, at least based on that he outqualified him and finished ahead of uh, Sonoda uh, during the Grand Prix it's, uh, it, itself. So whether or not uh, Ricardo is a um, you know a legitimate threat for the seat of uh, Sergio Perez, should he consi- continue to struggle or you know start to struggle again? Uh, at some point in the season, that really remains, um, you know, to, to be a question. Um, you know, uh, Horner and uh, you know everybody at Red Bull has said that uh, you know he's not there to challenge uh, Sergio Perez, but you know if uh, he could really uh, regain some form at the at the end of the season here, and, and and Perez goes back to struggling again because I mean he's only had one good race and Hungary compared to a whole you know whole bunch over the last uh, month or two that he'd rather forget about. That uh, maybe Ricardo becomes uh, that. Uh, becomes that uh, option uh, that they start thinking about but uh, that might may or may not come to pass so that's only a situation that we say, can say that uh, we'll have to keep uh, an eye on anyway so just a couple more quick things here before we uh, wrap it up and turn off the lights um, anyways the first uh, one here is that uh, that accident start that uh, in in turn one that uh, you know set off the whole uh, double DNF for the two Alpine cars. It was really kind of started by poor old Joe Guan Yu, who had uh, qualified in fifth, uh, but uh, just was not being able to uh, get off the the starting grid. Uh, you know, I guess the the anti stall had kicked in there and took him, you know, a couple of uh, heartbeats before he was able to uh, launch himself and start moving down the the, the track. Um, anyways. Um, Joe at the end uh, misjudged his braking a little bit, and then he uh, he's the one that went to the back of uh, Denny Ricardo's um, Alpha Tauri, who clipped uh, the Alpine of Esteban, Esteban Alcon, who was then uh, unable to stop himself from hitting his own teammate uh, Pierre uh, Gasly going into the corner. So the the two impact, you know, the two Alpines took the uh, you know the brunt of all the force of that uh, you know that chain reaction kind of slow motion, uh, you know, like uh, accident, whatever you want to call it, incident. Uh, but anyways, uh, w- once uh, the cars uh, got moving again, uh, Gasly was able to get back to the pits uh, on three wheels, but uh, they they found the back uh, of the car was uh, damaged too uh, you know too much for him to continue. 
uh, Alcon was in the, the the lap or sorry in the pits a lap uh, after that, and he was also uh, retired to retire the car at that point, and then they realized uh, afterwards uh, that uh, his seat. The seat inside the car was actually broken after he went uh, airborne during that uh, that whole incident there. So he absorbed uh, quite a little bit, uh, you know, quite a lot of uh, force during that uh, that uh, <laughs> that incident. Anyways, uh, Ocon had the following to say about it uh, after the race, saying, "Quote: Yeah, not too much really to comment on. Unfortunately, we just uh, sh- suffered a strike into turn one." End quote. So there you go. <laughs> I guess there isn't really too much more to say about uh, that one. And then uh, finally, now before we wrap it up here, this is just a bit of a follow up um, from what uh, Mark and I were talking about uh, briefly on uh, Thursday. And there's been a whole bunch of uh, rumors uh, that have been uh, floating around uh, the last uh, you know week or so that uh, up to uh, potentially three teams breached the uh, the, the cost cap uh, last year in 2022. So the F. FIA has uh, issued a statement uh, saying that um, that they wanted to kind of put these rumors to rest, and saying that uh, they're uh, going you know going on with their uh, you know investigations and audits into the team's compliance with the budget cap uh, for for last year, and that they're they're still in the process of auditing all of the ten Formula One teams to make sure that they have conformed uh, with the, the the budget cap uh, from from last year, and uh, so they've basically said that uh, any reports of breaches that have been out there and kind of making uh, going around in the rumor mill are, are unsubstantiated, unfounded, and um, we'll see what, uh, what what happens. So um, anyways, an FIA spokesperson had to say, quote, in light of recent reporting, we'd like to reiterate the ongoing process uh, preceding the financial regulation certification for the teams, none of which have been informed of their certification status. The auditing fieldwork is still ongoing and scheduled to conclude in the upcoming weeks, after which there will be a period required for the finalization of the review. There is not and has never been a specific deadline for the certification and any suggestions of delay to this process or potential uh, breaches are completely unfounded. The cost cap administration will formally communicate its findings according to the procedure set out in the financial regulations. Uh, The time frame is intentionally not fixed in order to uh, prejudice the robustness and the effectiveness of the review. End quote. So there you have it from the uh, from the FIA themselves that uh, that any rumors or any reports that uh, teams uh, or up to three teams have breached the uh, the cost cap uh, last year in 2022 are unfounded. So we will have to sit back and let the the, the process play out and see when the uh, what happens once the certification is uh, issued to all the teams or not in the coming weeks and months ahead. Anyways, uh, that's all I've got uh, tonight uh, for the. Uh, from the Hungarian Grand Prix wrap-up. Again, Max Verstappen and Red Bull winning their 12th consecutive race and breaking the uh, 11 consecutive race wins that were uh, set uh, by Ayrton Senna, Alain Prost, Ron Dennis, and the rest of the McLaren team way back in 1988. Max winning the Hungarian Grand Prix earlier today ahead of Lando Norris and McLaren in P2 and his teammate Sergio Perez in P3. And uh, congratulations to Red Bull and uh, everyone uh, 
at Milton Keynes for that fantastic and phenomenal uh, achievement. Anyways, uh, like I said, I'm going to wrap it up right there. Thank you all uh, for listening. If you want to get in touch, send us an email at uh, scooteryf1pod at gmail.com or tweet us on Twitter or X or whatever the heck it is right now uh, at scooteryf1pod. As we said, uh, we're kind of still reviewing our social media presence. So if any changes uh, are going to happen there, we will certainly let you know on an upcoming show. And on behalf of myself and Mr. Mark Hamilton, thank you for listening. If you want to support us, the easiest way to do so is head on over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen uh, and enjoy podcasts and leave us a five-star rating review. Share the pod with a friend and we would uh, greatly appreciate it. So that's a wrap. Uh, Mark and I will be back in a couple of days with the, the usual weekly news show. Until then, have a great week and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye for now. Yeah, they gonna have fun with that. Smash like song, my songs gonna break through like a running